Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the snowballs at the stadium on uh, Saturday night. Dangerous, could have hit anybody. But I'll tell you what I'm also not a big fan of is uh, making the Buffalo Bills roast in the sunshine in September in Fort Lauderdale. I mean, you had players who had to have double IVs of fluids so they wouldn't have severe medical conditions. So I don't condone the throwing of snowballs, but Buffalo fans have a long memory. And how many of you during the game on Saturday were thinking of the shots back in September of our guys going down like flies with muscle cramps, Josh Allen sitting on a cart in the shade, I think it was the only shade in the entire stadium. Um, And frankly, if the NFL is going to be pissed off about snowballs, I think they should be just as pissed off over the basic the use of the sun as a weapon against opposing teams in Miami. They get the shade and the Bills or any other opponents get the sun? Seriously? In what world is that fair? They should give them all parasols. Imagine NFL dudes walking around with like little sun umbrellas, like French artists of the. Yeah, I can't either. Anyway, uh, welcome. It is uh, well. No, I'm just. I'm just saying that that was a was a piss off. As far as the snow, did they have enough time to get the snow out of the stadium? Did did they? I mean, a lot of people aren't real happy that uh, they showed up at the stadium and had to dig their own seat out. Uh, and then on TV, they did show one individual. Uh, with a pile of snowballs, pre-made snowballs, ready to be launched, like a stack of cannonballs in the Civil War. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what that guy had in front of him. But, no, look, again, I, I don't condone throwing snowballs because you can seriously hurt somebody doing that. Ask Chuck Foreman. There's a name you haven't thought of in years that uh, got tossed around a lot on Saturday. But I also don't condone... Uh, putting another team at risk of heat stroke in Miami and the National Football League, they should be as strong about that as they were about the snowballs. Oh, you want the other team to sit in the sun while you're relaxing in the shade? Okay, 15-yard penalty every drive. Why not? Anyway, it is uh, 11 minutes after 4 at News Radio 930 WBEN. So uh, the, the, the most memorable toy you ever got, what was it? And why was it memorable? The Evil Knievel stunt cycle was memorable for two reasons. Number one, it broke the Christmas night, 1973, unwrapped it. Christmas night, 1973, it broke. The good news is... Ended up with a $20 bill out of it because that was the approximate cost of the toy. And that is roughly anywhere from $128 to $134 in today's money. Let's just call it $130. Can we round that off? So that was a real – think about that. That's a really expensive toy. Would you pay $130 today for an Evil Knievel stunt motorcycle? Got news for you. Unopened boxes in mint condition sell for thousands. There is a whole army of toy collectors out there, but like everything else, condition, condition, condition. And I'm telling you, those beanie babies in your basement, you're going to be able to retire on those, really. All right, let's get back to the calls. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. The most memorable toy you ever got. 
and what made it memorable. What made it memorable? And it's just no fair to show those TV kids in the ads for any toy. They're always getting along. They're always dressed well. They're always they always look so handsome and so cute. And that's not real world. Uh, let's go to uh, Lou in Amherst on WBEN. Hello. Hi. Happy holidays, buddy. Yes, sir. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> Same to you. Listen, uh, before we talk about my most memorable thing, you're right. This thing about Miami and the heat and working in the medical field, the damage that could be done to the brain and to your body with that kind of dehydration and that heat is, is I can't believe they can't outlaw it. You can get seriously, seriously ill, like you said, from heat stroke or heat exhaustion. And I can't believe they do something about that. Plus, we have to wear our dark jerseys. We're forced to wear our dark jerseys at 120 degree. Enough said. Uh, that is, that's terrible, and they should do something about that. However, getting back to my most memorable gift, I thought, I, I guess I can top your story because yours had a happy ending. Mine didn't. Mine is a Christmas story and the Red Rider baby gun. But I wanted something called a burp gun. A burp gun was like an Army-issued uh, small machine gun. And to put this in con, you know, in context, 19. This would have been not to age myself, but this would have been 1955 when I was about seven years old, and I campaigned for that gun just like they did in the Christmas story. I wanted that thing more than ever. My parents had no, no, no doubt in their mind what I wanted for Christmas, and when I opened it up for Christmas. It was just like the little guy in the story. I was like, I think I slept with the thing that night. I was so excited about it. It wasn't. It it was. It didn't. It didn't use caps. So it didn't. It wasn't a cap gun. I think it was like an air powered thing where you might back, pull back a lever and it would make up all this noise and the front end would light up. It was really really cool. And back in those days, my friends and I played some kind of games. I think it was cowboys and Indians, some kind of army thing where we'd have gangs. And the one or two days after Christmas, it was. We're, we're running in the backyards. There was no snow back for, for some reason that year. I'm running across the furrows with the plowed furrows in our backyards. We all had farms. And as, as sure-footed as I am, I fell and smashed that gun before I had a chance to use it once. No. <laughs> before I had a There's something I campaigned for <laughs> for months. I broke before I got a chance to even shoot it one time outside with my friends. Well, Lou, I think what you should do is, is I think you should treat yourself. I think you should go online to one of these vintage toy resellers and buy a burp gun and recreate the magic. <laughs> that would... It's like, I want to buy you a burp gun now just because I feel like you got deprived. Honest to God. They said, you can still work with that. You can still, you can still help us with that. I go, I can't do anything now. I just, I just cried and went home, and that was the end of my burp gun. Never That's used. devastating. That seriously, that is so devastating. At seven years old, yeah. Man, all right. Thank you very much, Lou. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, a burp gun. Uh, you, you can look them up online if you don't know quite what they are. But can you imagine a toy that is the coolest thing ever? And you campaign for it, you lobby for it, mom and dad, find, you wear them down. Parents, you can wear down parents if you give it an, oh yeah, you, you can wear down parents. You know as a parent, you've been worn down because your kids just won't stop, won't stop, won't stop. I wore my parents down on several occasions. Persistent little devil. Uh, but breaking a toy before you even had a chance to play with it 
803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Your most memorable toy. Doesn't have to be a good story, but your most memorable toy. Just nothing that involves any cruelty to animals. Okay, thank you. Let's go to uh, Glenn in uh, Orchard Park. Glenn, uh, are you still shoveling out? <laughs> uh, not quite. Uh, we were earlier today, but no, we're pretty well cleaned up now. Outstanding. We're, we're about a minute from the stadium, so we got the uh, same impact that they did over there. Well, okay, if you live that close to the stadium, if you live that close to the stadium, what is it like? Uh, I'm sorry, we have that overlap gap thing going on. I'm sorry about it. Living that close to the stadium, how bad is that? What kind of an inconvenience is that for you on a Saturday? Well, actually, I've lived out here 50 years, so I've been here longer than the stadium's been here. So from the inaugural game back in 73 uh, up till now, you kind of plan your week during the football season, and you don't go out on Sundays, especially when they're doing really well. Like, uh, we live in between Abbott, 20, and McKinley. We're a little side street, a dead end. So usually all those thoroughfares are uh, clogged up for a few hours before and after the game. And uh, we just kind of stay home unless we walk. We can walk to the game if we want. We have done that before. Hmm. So uh, we just kind of stay home if we're not going to be going anywhere. All right, fair enough. And the most memorable toy, sir, was, was what? And why was it memorable? It was memorable because I was really into, like, the building trades when I was a kid. I was really fascinated by that. There was a thing that was out there. I won't name the name of the company that made it, but it was a plastic girder window motorized building set. It wasn't like an erector set. It was different. It was plastic. It had a board that you started your project on it, and you could make skyscrapers and put windows in, and it had motors so you could put uh, elevators in it and that. And believe it or not, I still have it. Really? Yes, that was from between 63 and 65, and I still have it. Did it come with the teeny little picket signs and bullhorns uh, and <laughs> just for in case you wanted your workers to have some unrest? <laughs> no, the, the Teamsters in our house were very uh, – they got along really well here. They didn't complain about a lot. So what kind of stuff did you build? I mean, in reality, what did you actually build? Well, you could build skyscrapers, and one of the other things you could do is you could make cantilevered buildings – where you have the like a floor that that sticks out with no support, you could actually build buildings like uh, with it like that because it had the uh, longer girders. They were like little plastic I beams. You know an I beam yeah, that you, yeah. uh, they built in. Well, they were little plastic ones. They had little clips on the end, <laughs> and you could clip them together and make. Uh, they were like little four by four squares, and you kept building them up, and you could. It was limitless if you had more than one set. You could combine them and then just keep getting bigger and bigger. How cool is that? Little tiny, teeny tiny uh, construction building inspectors with teeny tiny little violation pads. <laughs> you could build, uh, you know, a little like a little city if you wanted to, if you had enough boards and enough materials to do it in that. And it pop on windows, and then you could put tracks inside the girders, and it had little motors, actually battery operated motors. And you could have elevators going up and down in that. It was really, I had a lot of fun with it. I really did. Okay, I kind of want to buy one now. What is that called again? Uh, can I use the, the brand name? Yeah, yeah, you can. You can. Uh, it was the Kenner Girder and Window Set, I believe it was. Kenner? It was made by Kenner. Yeah, Kenner. K-E-N-N-E-R. Of course, of course. Kenner Girder and uh, 
uh, building set. And it was actually, you can find them online. I have looked in the last few years and they're, they're now a comer as far as uh, antique toys. Uh, meaning when you say a comer, how much money? Uh, probably 50 to $75, depending on the condition of the set and the box it came in. Well, you're not going to be you're not going to be retiring anytime real soon on it. But oh, no, no, no uh, I wouldn't say look, I wouldn't say that. But when you talk about a twenty dollar item, this probably cost twenty dollars back then, and I'm sure that was a lot of money back then. Absolutely. Uh, well, it would have been probably 150, 160 bucks. I'm looking at the box right now, and it looks really cool. And the kid on the box looks like Jim Schoenfeld. Seriously. A lot of fun. It, I loved it. And I, like I said, I still saved mine. I don't wow. play with it as much as I used to. but Well, we can say that a lot, I guess. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Glenn. I appreciate the call. Oh, no problem, Tom. Hey, yep. you, have a, you and the crew have a good holiday. Absolutely. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Tonight, the second night of Hanukkah. Um, I'm looking at the. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Well, the, the girder and panel set is what I'm looking at. And the kid on the box looks like Jim Schoenfeld. Uh, he's got a bowl haircut. He's got red hair, and he's very happy. He's smiling. See, this is advertising. Buy this toy. You, too, can be as happy as the little boy on this box. Can you see this, Josh? Look at how happy this little fellow is. And doesn't he look like Shoney? That, that doesn't look like this This kid ought to be fighting a little Wayne Cashman in a <laughs> <laughs> in a Zamboni entrance somewhere. Jim Schoenfeld was a, a defenseman for the Buffalo Sabres, number six, early 1970s, very famous game against the Boston Bruins. You can find the video on YouTube. Jim Schoenfeld checks Wayne Cashman of the Boston Bruins at the Zamboni entrance. The doors fly open. These two guys get into a fight in the Zamboni entrance, not on the ice, in the Zamboni entrance, one of the iconic, yes, I use that word, moments in Buffalo sports. Uh, Shoney went on to be uh, a coach and a number of capacities in the world of hockey. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he was, by the way, you know you're a Buffalonian. You know you're a Buffalonian if for Christmas, and it would have been about 73, 74, you got the Shoney album for Christmas. Jim Schoenfeld sings Shoney, S-C-H-O-N-Y, Shoney, the album. How many of you have that at home right now? How many of you are laughing because you have it at home right now? When's the last time you played it? A lot of songs on that. Uh, Great Balls of Fire. Jerry Lee Lewis just died. Shoney did a cover of Great Balls of Fire. And I think John Valby was involved in that album, but now I have to look that up. Let's go to... Uh, Mike, how do you be funnier if Jim Schoenfeld had sung John Valby? But it's just me. Uh, you can tell. All right, here's uh, Mike in uh, South Buffalo on WBN. Hello. Hey, Tom. How you doing? <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Hanukkah. Yeah. Merry Christmas to you, too. Um, the most memorable that I had, and I actually did have that um, – that girder set that that guy was talking about with those little fake windows and stuff. Oh, that's that awesome. Pretty, uh, it was. And you had awesome. like little teeny tiny mobsters for little teeny tiny no bid contracts. There were little <laughs> mobsters. Yes. There, there were like little tiny people like that. But uh, the, the most memorable one for me was it was called hands up Harry. 
Oh, I remember this. What it was was it was about a two and a half foot tall. Um, it was like a little bandito, and he had a hat, and he had two like uh, like two little guns. And what you did was you you had a six shooter hmm. that had like the suction darts on it. Yep. And and, the, and there were spots on him that you could hit. And if you hit his hat, it would knock his hat off. If you hit his the guns, it would knock the guns out of his hand. If you hit his belt buckle, his pants would fall down. <laughs> and there was a certain spot, like somewhere in, like on his stomach or somewhere, that you would hit, and his hands would go up, like surrendering. And I'll tell you what, my my brother and I used to do. We used to put that down the hall you know, where our bedrooms were probably like six, eight feet and just play that for hours. It was, it was just amazing. It was just the coolest thing. It was like a hard kind of like that corrugated hard cardboard. Yeah. Yeah. And had the No, I I know what you mean. The problem is that Harry in hands up. Harry looks like the old stereotype almost of uh, the Frito bandito now, if, they, Bandito, if they would have called him Hands Up Juan, that would have been a real problem today because, uh, you know, I, I, at least see, I'm, I'm looking at a very little picture. So if I'm inaccurately depicting that, I'm sorry, blame my vision. But um, the yeah, the guy's got a very big mustache. I'll say that much. Very big mustache. Yes. And it was so cool. You know, you would just like get down like in a prone position and just shoot at it. Mm-hmm. And reset it, and it was just, it was, just, it was amazing. But dude, the, the suction the, dart guns never lasted. Those suction dart guns. I remember getting one for Christmas one year. It died the same day, just like Evil Knievel. Yeah. Well, there, there was a lot of, a lot of gifts back then that would only last like a few days. And oh. I, I, I can't remember any offhand, but I know a lot of things like that were like that. And I, and I'm pretty sure that that's the reason why. We stopped using it was because the the actual gun didn't work anymore. But well, it, it was it was a riot. Doing it was that. common it was, sense it was gun really control. Memorable. Mike, it was common That's sense right. gun control. Thank you very much. I appreciate the call. Hands up, Harry. Okay, it doesn't have to be the best toy ever, but the most memorable toy ever. See, my most memorable toy is memorable because it broke the same night it got opened. Not only that. But in 1973, I got me a $20 bill on the refund, which is like getting $130 today. Felt kind of rich. We didn't have a lot of money. That was that was a lot. On News Radio 930 WBEN. Shoney! Oh, yep. You know you're a Buffalonian. You also know you're getting older. Uh, if you got the Shoney album for Christmas, I think albums were, what, $5 back then? five ninety five. But, yeah, Shoney, the album. How many, uh, I know some of you have it out there. 
You see them at flea markets sometimes. Anyway, uh, Jim Schoenfeld, defenseman, number six, Buffalo Sabres. Okay. Anyway, uh, welcome. Uh, it is Bauer Lead News Radio 930 WBEN, talking about uh, not your favorite necessarily Christmas present of all time. No, no, no. But the most memorable. Lou had a similar experience to mine. He got a burp gun that he'd wanted and wanted and wanted. And then he was running through the farm fields to play with his buddies. He fell. And the burp gun broke. He never even had a chance to use it. Evil Knievel stunt cycle. Think I got 12 runs out of Evil Knievel, and then it broke. Good news is $20 refund. Back in 1973, that's about 130 bucks in today's money. For a nine-year-old kid, that ain't bad. 803-0930. I was 10 years old, sorry. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. And apparently uh, senile even then. Here's uh, Tony in Ellicottville. Tony, you are on. Hello. Hi, Tom. I got a, uh, when I was about 12, I got a Rifleman rifle. Remember that series, The Rifleman? Oh, yeah, with uh, the dude who was like Mr. All-America Athlete, yeah. Yeah, Chuck, well, here's what happened. Chuck Connors. I, I brought it to school for show and tell. I was about 12 years old in the seventh grade. I didn't get in trouble. The only trouble I got in was I was shooting it off with the caps, and the principal said, you smoke up the hallways. <laughs> the, only, the only trouble I got in, you can't, you can't even walk in with a squirt gun anymore at school. D- dude, I've talked to people who grew up in the country who used to literally bring shotguns in yeah. their pickup yeah. trucks in racks yeah. to schools. Couldn't do that today yeah. without having the FBI and ATF called out. Exactly. That you can't do that no more, Tom. Uh, the Chuck Connors rifleman. Uh, Chuck Connors was a very um, he was very 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 accomplished guy. I'm just trying to get to his bio here, but uh, yeah, he was. He yeah, was. he played yeah. Uh, professional basketball and baseball. He played in both the Major League Baseball and the National Basketball Association. Yep, yep. Well, you know what I did with that gun. I mean, it looked, it felt, it looked like a real Winchester. Okay, when I was about seventeen, my first car, I traded that gun to a friend of mine for a, a sixty-five Mercury Comet or sixty-three Mercury Comet hot rod. I would say uh, we're talking about a real car. Yeah, I would say you did pretty well. I did. Well, it was a clunker, but it was a hot ride. You had to fix it up before reverses and everything, you know? <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, the other week, uh, I don't know if, 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 how do you guys like the old the T-Birds? Remember when they brought them back for a while? Saw a 92, black 92 T-Bird in mint condition a few days ago. Those were such great. Why didn't they continue making them? Does anybody, I not really a topic, but I, I, I don't understand why somebody's got a really awesome thing and then they stop doing the awesome thing that was so awesome. Why? Uh, 803-0930, the most memorable Christmas toy you have ever received. The most memorable. By the way, a lot of people are not happy with uh, getting to the stadium on Saturday night and getting into the stadium on Saturday night. The parking and the number of available, uh, shall we say, ways of getting into the stadium. People uh, did, people were very upset. Let's go to Jim in Amherst. Jim, you're on WBEN. Hello. Hey, Tom. Uh, I had a an uncle who was a career Air Force from World War II till about the 1980s, early 1980s. He served all over the world. 
Christmas 1957, he gave me a retired U.S. Air Force jet fighter pilot helmet, and uh, it had been defective, but he had it refurbished and painted up, cleaned up, had my name put on it. I still have it. <laughs> oh, how cool is that? Oh, yeah. It, it was, had a big cool factor. All my friends, like, coming over to my house and looking at it, you know. <laughs> Man, he, he knew how to get the attention of a little boy in 1957. Good grief. Oh, uh, you're not kidding. didn't fit real well, but that didn't matter. Uh, how does it fit now? Uh, pretty good. <laughs> pretty tight, but still fits. That is, um, that is super cool. Yeah, I uh, yeah, my brothers wrecked it a little bit. The the fo- there was foam earphones. They were quite a bit younger than me. I came home from school one day and they had torn up the earphones, but I still have it, you know. And uh, yeah, and I got one other thing that's quite memorable. I still have that too. 1954 American Flyer train. I even had the original box until about three years ago when it finally just fell apart. Hmm. And I, I just saved the labels from it. You can imagine that. Yeah. yeah. How about the train itself? Does that still function? Uh, we had it going a few years ago, and uh, you know, we had sent it to a, a train person, and guy worked on it and everything. It was going for a while, and then one day the transformer just started smoking, and I haven't really done anything with it since. Did, but it's did you enjoy? Around. Did you enjoy the smell being brought back from your youth of the transformer smoking? Yeah, you remember that. Perhaps you had one, even when it wasn't smoking. It, you know, it had a certain electrical smell to it. Oh, absolutely. Or, yeah. Did 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 that particular train have the little pellets you put in the smokestack so it made smoke? Uh, it had a little kind of an oil. That one had a little dropper with some drops in it, but it had a car with little men and women who had these little brushes on their feet, if you will. They were on a little platform, and and you pulled into a station, and the station vibrated, and then it had a little track, and the people got on and off the car from the vibration. You know? <laughs> kind of like electric yeah. football. And what yeah, was the yeah. point of electric football? What was the point? It was a vibrating table that had a gridiron on it. It was incredibly frustrating. We had those two. But since we're talking Christmas toys. Well, you, I, I got to move on to some other people, but uh, I'm, okay. glad you, I'm glad you called in. Table hockey. All right, thank you. Uh, it is um, 446 at News Radio 930, WBEN. I don't know how many of you have old-time train sets. Some people are really super into old-time train sets. Remember Bobby in The Sopranos? Remember the Blue Comet? I think that was the name of the episode, the only reason we uh, remember it. But he goes in because he's finally making the big bucks, okay? He's finally moved up in the mob hierarchy on The Sopranos. He's got some serious disposable income, and he's also got Janice probably wanting more disposable income. But uh, goes into the train store and... He uh, does not walk out of the train store under his uh, own power. I think the same guy who killed Bobby had also killed Jerry when he was at dinner with Sill. Remember the scene where everything slows down and nobody it's silent until you finally hear the guns again? I should probably get to some more calls. Sorry, Sopranos. Um, that's one of those shows that I don't think you can ever go wrong talking about it because... It's got a whole new generation of fans now that didn't see it originally, but they're into it now. It's really weird. 
It's like Netflix and Amazon Prime <clears throat> have created this climate where movies that you missed out on back when they were the, all the rage, now you can watch them without having to go to a, a video store? What's what's a video? What's a blockbuster? Uh, but you can. it's very easy to watch movies and fill in these gaps in your culture. Um, we forget that Goodfellas was out, what, 90... Well, was that 90, 91, Goodfellas? Well, anyway, it doesn't really matter because uh, some of us saw it at the at the movies, but they show it every other week on VH1, which I do not recommend. No, I, that seriously, like trying to watch Bad Santa on VH1. Why even bother showing some movies that you just shouldn't be showing on VH1? If you got to bleep out every other word, what's the point? 803-0930, star 930 on the cell phone. 1-800-616-WBEN. Most memorable toy. Doesn't have to be the best toy, just the most memorable. Carl in uh, Texas is on WBEN. Hello. Hey, thanks, Tom. Mine would be the, uh, it was called the Agent Zero Sonic Blaster. It was a long bazooka-shaped thing, and when you cocked the lever, it would pull this rubber diaphragm inside of it all the way back to one end. And then when you hit the trigger, it would shoot out a pulse of air that would go quite a distance and knock things over like lamps and things like that. And, you know, being a kid, having something that shoots things, uh, you know, I remember taking my dad's cigars and lighting one up and blowing smoke in it so I could shoot this gigantic tube of smoke that stayed pretty much the same size as it was coming out the end of this uh, three or four inch barrel all the way across the room into people's faces and stuff like that. And other things. So eventually, my dad took it away from me because I was uh, putting too many things into it and launching it. I would have taken it away from you on day one. What was that called again? The Agent Zero Sonic Blaster. Agent Zero Sonic Blaster. Agent Zero Sonic Blaster. Uh, I got. I got to look that up. I, I, I was too late for that. Uh, anytime you give a boy, maybe a girl, but anytime you give a boy something that shoots something. You know what they're going to do? Yeah. They're going to shoot something. Yes. Sonic Blaster. All right. Thank, thank you very much. It's uh, really interesting. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, my goodness. Look at this thing. That's uh. wait. Do I have the right one? Now, I've got a something that looks like it is shooting. Oh, that's so weird. Looks like it's shooting confetti. Oh, here's something that's uh, online. Classic TV toy commercial with Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, the actor, Goldie Hawn, Tombstone, Kurt Russell. He There he is, is a little boy in this old vintage toy commercial. How cool is that? Agent Zero M Sonic Blaster. Mattel Toys, 1964, The Awesome Collection. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at a picture now of a kid who's holding the Mattel Agent Zero M Sonic. It's the letter M, M Sonic Blaster. It's, I couldn't find it at first. The uh, Mattel Agent Zero M Sonic Blaster fires compressed air. Hold on here. Oh, smallest font ever. Uh, this is wonderful. Uh, 1960s were the birthplace of some of the coolest secret agent toys Hideously dangerous, life-threatening toys. One of the secret agent toys that put the boom in Baby Boomer is the Agent Zero M Sonic Blaster. 
when looking back on their violent boyhood years, a majority of my boomer-aged friends have vivid memories of the sonic blaster. Nearly each one raised their voices to say something like, foom. I guess that's the noise it made, huh? Foom. Pump-action gun. Powerful column of air toward distant targets. With the sonic blaster, we can set our sights on cardboard target buildings that hate America and a pile of leaves that undoubtedly hides a dirty communist. Ideally, these obviously this is written tongue-in-cheek, uh, these foes are dispatched with little actual damage. <laughs> uh, there's a commercial for it. Josh, can you find the commercial, please, for the Agent Zero M Sonic Blaster? The Agent Zero M Sonic Blaster. That does not even sound that even sound remotely safe. Like lawn darts. What could go wrong with throwing a giant spear into the air? What could possibly go wrong? That drive to the stadium for a lot of you was not a lot of fun on Saturday. And I mentioned this earlier, but were you a little bit surprised if you sat around all day doing nothing, just waiting for 8 o'clock to roll around or 6.30 to roll around so you could go get to wherever you were going to watch the game? So you get into your car after you brush it off, hopefully, and some, it's amazing the number of people who don't even begin to brush off their cars. I know people have medical conditions. People have surgeries. You can't move your arms in a certain way. I get that. But uh, at least make an effort, man. At least make something of an effort. But anyway, um, were you as shocked as we were at the ice underneath the snow on Saturday? Didn't realize it. And then driving along Union Road, literally could not hold the lane. Uh, seriously, 25 miles an hour, I couldn't hold the lane. I had to back it down to maybe 10, 12 miles an hour so I could actually feel safe in the car because it was going on. Well, it was ice underneath the snow. And uh, you can't do any better than that on uh, on ice. All right, we found the Agent Zero M Sonic Blaster ad. How long does this go, Josh? A minute or is this a 30? One full minute for a bunch of hot air. You must not fail Zero M. This mission is critical. Do we get to hear more of William Conrad's voice? This is the most unusual weapon. It is specially designed for counter-espionage. For Agent Zero M. It's called the Zero M Sonic Blaster. This is why. It fires a massive blast of compressed air. And this tremendous roar is the actual sound. For training purposes, this special delayed action target comes with it. Get Mattel's powerful Zero M Sonic Blaster wherever toys are sold. Remember the password. Zero M. Well, it worked for Lee Harvey Oswald. Just saying. Anyway, <laughs> I think it was William Conrad, wasn't it? The video is even better because it's just Kurt Russell, a young Kurt Russell, looking off into the distance with this bazooka in front of him. And it's just so, like, dramatic looking on the screen in black and white and everything. And it's just, I, I'm dying laughing here looking at it. So who would have known? One minute he's a kid doing the uh, Zero M Sonic Blaster ad. Next minute he's in Tombstone with Val Kilmer. I mean, I'm just saying. 
Uh, we're talking about somebody who's lived his life in front of the cameras, huh? And by the way, if you want to feel good about yourself, if you're a dude and maybe you put on a few pounds, look at a recent picture of Kurt Russell. Your self-esteem is going to go up dramatically. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm not saying he's heavy. I'm just saying he doesn't look like he did in Tombstone. And which of us looks the way we did 30 years ago, 40, 50 years ago? 